manipulate the price of gold and silver. But all that money printing that they've done has flowed into the only non-manipulated currency in the world, and that is Bitcoin. I think this is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Once in a while, you can Bitcoin changes absolutely everything. What's in there? Only what you take with you. Before we begin today's show, just a quick shout out to a great initiative. For all Bitcoiners in Asia, you should know that Bitcoin for India, which is a volunteer-led group of Indian Bitcoiners, is organizing Asia's largest Bitcoin-only conference on the 5th and 6th of November at Goa, India. Catch up with plebs from all around the world, be part of the conversation, join in on the various workshops, all while being surrounded by lush green forest and picturesque beaches. For more details, visit www.bitcoinforindia.org conference. That's Bitcoin for India as in B-I-T-C-O-I-N, the number four, I-N-D-I-A dot O-R-G slash conference. Hope to see you there. And now let's get back to the show. Hi, Kanut. Uh, great to have you on the show. Firstly, thanks for making the time. And how about yeah. we jump straight into it? And, you know, because I have like a mixed audience, like not everyone is a Bitcoiner. So how about you give an audience a bit of a background about yourself? All right. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I'm Knut Svanom. I've written three books about Bitcoin. Bitcoin Sovereignty Through Mathematics, Bitcoin Independence Reimagined, and now the latest Bitcoin Everything Divided by 21 Million. So which is also the, the meme that I'm most famous for, I guess, this uh, yes. Everything Divided by 21 Million meme. Um, so, uh, yeah, I fell down the rabbit hole in the middle of the last decade and, um, took a course on, um, um, digital currencies in the, from the right. university of Nicosia, where Andreas Antonopoulos was one of the teachers. And I got so fascinated by this thing. And, um, quite early on, I was convinced that the, this was a one-time thing and not something you could duplicate. So, right. so that's like, even if we go back to my first article I ever wrote, I wrote about the first mover advantage and how, how uh, everything will probably converge into Bitcoin at some point and not uh, uh, that. So, so I'm pretty proud of that, that I figured out that shit coins were shit for, uh, <laughs> uh, at a very early stage. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, before that, I, I used to be a, uh, a sea captain. Uh, so, so I used to sail on a tall ship, and then after that, I started working in in offshore wind, and became an HR manager for an offshore wind company, which is the last uh, fiat job I had before I quit my fiat life entirely um, a little more than a year ago. Year ago, and I've right. been doing Bitcoin stuff ever since. I've written this new book, and I've uh, I'm in a group of people on the island of Madeira that and will uh, uh, 
that have orange pilled the president and they yes. are doing a, a Bitcoin drive there. Uh, but I can't tell you too much about that uh, until uh, Bitcoin Amsterdam, where we where we will announce the entire thing. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. When is this pod released, by the way? Uh, this one would release uh, in a week. In a week. In a week. Uh, but that's perfect because that's after the... Uh, then I can speak freely about this thing for the first time. Then, <laughs> sort of, because yes. we're doing a panel. We're doing a panel in Amsterdam, right. um, where we are to to um, um, announce this Free Madeira Foundation and uh, what we're trying to do there, and um, yeah, how awesome it's going to be in the future on that island. So, so, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, right one, one of the big things i'm doing now and i'm an uh, advisor for a couple of other bitcoin companies and and so on and so forth and i and i have my own little projects with books and t-shirts and coffee mugs and stuff <laughs> yes yes yeah, uh but, but what comes in like the first question that i have from there is what interested you in digital currencies like what made you take that course in digital currencies and and you would have been yeah because you said you're a sea captain and you would have all of that experience so what made you shift and like try to yeah jump into this? yeah well when i was sailing like uh, uh i visited like 40 different countries and i found it so fascinating that they all used money but it's all seemed to work in different ways in different countries and some of the countries were rich and some of the countries were poor and i'm like uh interested in in like how political systems work and why 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 things are the way they are and I, I i could never grasp the whole thing because what seemed to be missing from all political debates was the debate about money itself you never never really heard anything about about uh, ne never heard any debates about money and the money supply and so on um and then uh, I've always been a closeted computer nerd, if you wish. Right. Uh, so, uh, and I remember vividly when I had a Commodore sixty four when I was a kid, and how fascinated I was by uh, the the fact that you could copy everything on it uh, an infinite amount of times. You could write a little program that said ten print hello and twenty yep. go to ten, and uh, it never stopped writing the word uh, hello on the screen so so when i heard about bitcoin um being something on the internet that you couldn't copy mm. uh, that was instantly very very intriguing to me yeah uh, and when, when i got to learn a bit more about it and the mathematics behind it and how it worked uh i, I realized that it felt just like in the beginning of the internet, uh, I, I sort of saw the internet coming, but I didn't act upon that because I was like 18. Okay. And, and But it seemed like people around me were oblivious to the fact that shit, every computer in the world is connected to each other now and it's going to change everything. Yeah, But no one seemed to act upon it. Uh, and so I chose not to uh, as well. I became a sea captain instead of becoming a computer engineer or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, so now that I saw, um, now that I see Bitcoin for what it is uh, earlier on than everyone else, I feel like I have to act upon that and start, you know, teaching yeah. people what this is and like be be 
be at the forefront here. And I'm very happy I did because now I'm friends with all my idols, you know. <laughs> so yes, yes. All of my idols are my friends now. So I, I yeah. keep pinching my arm and like uh, mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of this thing. And uh, yeah, it feels very, very good, of course. And uh, I, I see you have this uh, beautiful uh, print on, on the behind back. you there. Yeah, yes. yeah. Ashanoa or what, what's his name? Uh, Ashanoa. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, he just, uh, I just received, thank you, Ashanoa, because I just received those. <laughs> I got them in the mail nice. uh, just yeah. the other day. So I'm I'm going to frame them and put them up here somewhere. Yeah. I and think he, they're awesome. Yes. And he sent them to me as well. Like he sent me two prints and like, he's an awesome dude. Oh, nice. and yeah, yeah. He sent me this one and another one. The thing mm -hmm. is, uh, I'm not sure whether, I, I'm not sure where exactly you're based, but for over here, Spain. because I'm in, in Spain. Spain. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because Americans, right? Like they have everything on their own standard. They want to do miles. They want to do Fahrenheit and yep. even the frame dimension. So you don't get a frame, like a regular frame off market. I had to like import these uh, ready-made frames from the States <laughs> or I had to get one custom made. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I, I won't worry about that. I think I don't <laughs> mind if there's a frame in the frame. Like... Uh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we'll have to do yeah but it's it's weird uh that's one thing i noticed when i was sailing uh when you we came to america with the tall ship we couldn't buy center feed rolls of, yeah. of paper like center feed <laughs> rolls of paper are completely different in every country they're completely different dimensions everywhere and uh, when, yeah. when you have this standardized you know dispensers mm. it's it's really annoying because you can't use them after a while because then yeah, you have to buy regular <laughs> paper yes. instead a paper cloth yeah. and i was also like i just like i should have done it a bit earlier but i did uh send a message to the guys uh, like I'm part of the Bitcoin telegram group uh, like with Indian Bitcoiners and I told mm -hmm. them oh, I'm going to be speaking to Kanut like do you have any questions for him and there's like most of the people are like big thank you for for all your work that you've been like, like all the work uh, writing that you put out and they, they love it yeah oh great to hear great yeah. to hear I and, didn't know I had fans in India <laughs> uh, the, yeah there's a strong Bitcoin Bitcoin community because there's as, as you know, like come like everywhere there's like lots of shit coiners and I think there's like more shit coiners uh, and less fewer Bitcoiners but yeah there's a strong Bitcoin only community in India and another one is your great to hear yeah another one another question that uh, I think one of your buddies uh, told me to ask you is because yeah you seem like a uh, from your writing and like from your thoughts and everything is that you're a atheist and and there's there's few people in the bitcoin space that tie bitcoin with a religion and you in your book it's yeah you really point out like that shouldn't be done but someone asked me there's like what about your baptism in riga does that ring a bell baptism <laughs> this this would be easy yes it uh, is. <laughs> have you met him in person yes i have yes i have a few times yeah yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, very, very enthusiastic and optimistic fellow. Yes, uh, and I like him a lot. And we, we had this conversation in Riga uh, at a cafe, and uh, all of a sudden there's a gust of wind which uh, flaps the. Uh, when I've just, uh, I've just 
agreed to to be a part of his book project or something. Yeah. Right then, there's like a two liters of water pouring down rainwater pouring down on our heads. So, and he thought it was a miracle, and I thought it was, a, <laughs> you know, two liters of water. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so what? Like, I mean. So you, at any point, like, did you go down like to any shit coins, or you clearly like since the beginning you knew that oh, the shit coins are not going to work? And uh, I'm pretty proud of my shitcoin history because at one point I bought ten uh, dollars worth of shit coins. So I bought one dollar of each shit coin. Yep. Okay. And eight of them went down, and two of them went up. So my net, <laughs> I was at a net loss. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought, uh, and I thought to myself, okay, so so this is how this works. If if you're lucky and uh, and <laughs> uh, and you find the right one, then you could be in profit sometime. But like most of the time, you're just going to be at a loss because you're going to pick the wrong ones. Uh, so even if you try to do this right, the, 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 like the, this is going to be so impossible to to figure out which one. <laughs> which one yeah. to own and which one not to own so even even if you admit that they're shit coins and you're d- just doing it because of the casino thing it's it's simply not worth it because everyone else has insider information <laughs> so it's yeah uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah right. don't uh, don't trade shit coins people but but that's that's the le- i mean most bitcoiners have some sort of shit coin history or like they they yeah. lost a lot of money trading shit coins yeah. And I lost a total of ten dollars, and so, so I'm pretty proud that I didn't lose more than that. Uh, yeah. Or, or I, I lost maybe eight of those ten dollars too. Uh, so, so yeah, I that's kept awesome. Twenty percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's like I think shitcoins is like betting on horses, right? Like, it's like going to the yeah, or, or, or as we like to call yeah, it, but like it's a worse. Casino. It's worse than that because if you bet on horses, one horse actually wins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, so in can you allow, like for people that, like I try to explain inflation to like some of my normie friends, right? And they don't, some of them don't seem to care or they don't even want to understand what's happening with money, right? But how would you like sort of explain inflation to someone that is not aware of it? Yeah. Uh, the easiest way to explain it is that uh, the the main reason that prices go up in a world where we, uh, I mean, we we figure out new technologies and new tools all the time, like a, a screw, for instance. When you if you try to screw a, a screw into a wall, uh, a, a metal screw into a wooden wall by hand, it takes a long time. You can do it, but it'll take you a long time. So uh, then we invent the screwdriver, and you can do. You become faster at screwing the screw. Uh, but then along comes the electrical screwdriver, and you can do it uh, a lot faster. And even further into the future, you have robots doing the work, all the work for you. So, right. so the point is that technology always saves you time, or it saves someone time somewhere. Mm. So some, uh, which means that, and and. Uh, a price, a, a monetary price, is that like uh, a, 
the price of something is just a reflection of that gain in productivity. That's what it ought to be. So when the manufacturing processes and the transportation processes of a certain good become better over time, prices ought to go, go down. But they're not going down, they're going up. And why is that? It's because there's a <laughs> there, there are banks and central banks that can print money out of thin air. So the, the, the supply of the money grows larger and that sooner or later uh, it, it you know spreads to the prices of everyday goods so so if you have a money that is cheap to produce which which is are the fiat currencies i mean i point out in the latest book that it's uh, less costly to 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 print an actual dollar than to spell the word dollar, dollar. yes because if you print a new dollar you just have to press zero and enter and if you if you spell the word dollar, you have to press six buttons. So you have to press D O L L R A R, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is like three times cost three times as costly as printing a new dollar. Yes, and that's so weird because like, look at look at the prices of every other good that has become cheaper and cheaper to produce over time. Like MP3 files, for instance, uh, have made music extremely cheap. You know, music used to be quite expensive. Uh, right. Back in the days of vinyl records and so on, um, but now they're ex extremely cheap to produce and uh, thus extremely cheap to. That, that's an example of a good that has become cheaper over time faster than the money has become cheaper over time. Right. Uh, so, so, so if the technological process is it, it, the, the technological development is fast enough, it can mm. outpace the the decline of purchasing power in the money supply so hard hardware is another uh uh, uh hard drives yes disk drives that that's another that, that's also going down faster in price than the money printing printing can keep up with but the thing is if we had a deflationary money instead of a money with a completely fixed supply then you get the opposite like uh, then prices go down over time denominated in that currency uh yeah. instead of up uh and how do, how do we get a money that can't be inflated? You we make it extremely costly to to uh, to, to print it uh, or to 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 uh, counterfeit it uh, because I I view money printing and central bank they are counterfeiters. There's no better word to describe them. They do exactly the same thing as a counterfeiter does. Uh, so they're printing money at everyone else's expense. Uh, and, and it's a crime. It, it ought to be a crime. It's a crime for everyone else in society except for them. So it's an enormous privilege. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Bitcoin, on the other hand, it's. It, it, I wouldn't say it's impossible to forge a Bitcoin, but it's extremely costly because you would have to bribe the entire network that yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, change everyone's opinion about the 21 million cap and you know, people like me are going to be very hard to convince that we're going to do anything else than 21 million. Yeah. Uh, yes. For obvious yes. Re reasons. Yes. Uh, probably everyone has a price. And if you, if you, if you had like $10 billion to give to every Bitcoiner in the world, then maybe you could, you could achieve consensus around a, a hard fork that would change the supply. But that's, supply. that's what it takes. So, money that is extremely costly to produce will 
over time that will reflect in in prices of real goods and services and you know the cheaper yeah. the money the, the 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 more expensive everything else the more expensive the money the cheaper everything else and that's that's the simple truth that's the easiest way to explain it yes 100% and something that really ties in value is um, a quote from your book the most destructive weapon ever invented a weapon of mass de- destruction a weapon more dangerous than the atomic bomb the money printer yes right. yeah and that and it is yeah, yes and, but can you like and it's so tragic that people don't know the 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 people don't realize this how 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 this is a weapon of war and how how and it, it it's a stu- it's a tool for mass theft it steals everyone's time and effort the the federal reserve's m- money printer steals from everyone else because the, it makes the dollar the, the the dollar is the world's reserve currency because yes. oil is priced in dollars which is the like the most important commodity on earth yeah. uh and the reason that the dollar is the world's reserve currency is because of world wars that's the consensus mechanism of the dollar yeah. that's how you decide the winner of the war decides uh-huh. mm. so what the the what america is doing when they print new dollars is that they they are printing oil and everyone else is paying for it yeah. because they 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 can conjure up their money out of thin air and then buy oil with it every mm. other country can also conjure up money out of thin air but they can't buy oil with it mm. yes. but america can so we're paying so we're paying for them uh when when trump gave out you know a thousand dollar to each american in some covid relief uh, yeah. fund plan he was uh, 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 every other country on earth uh uh paid for paid that like people yep. people in other countries you and me we we were paying f- for that yep. via the inflation of our our currencies and it's uh you know the dollar gaining even more ground so so uh yeah it um that's what it is it's a tool for mass theft and and i mean the early i mean world war 1 and world war 2 were only possible because of the money printer right um uh, you might have been able to start the wars without the money printer but they the, the wars were more grim and more prolonged because of money printing mm. uh so so all the tank factory workers and bullet factory workers were paid with money that someone conjured out of thin air which makes the war a lot worse <laughs> yep. uh and it, it, one lens that i love that you can it's depressing but but it's sort of truthful uh, world war 1 hasn't really ended it's a war between the uh, the governments and the people and the governments are winning <laughs> uh the, the, they won that war and it's still ongoing because they you know <laughs> took everyone else hostage right and enslaved absolutely everyone because that's what it is like uh, it's a partial enslavement if your money loses purchasing power it's because of some entity uh, having the privilege to print more of it that's a partial enslavement from the the, the guy that conquered your country like uh, so <laughs> yeah uh, uh, it's a brutal insight uh, that this is what's going on but but it is true like how how else would you explain it 
for sure yeah well, yeah and you know what else comes to mind now is the case you make for yeah we in one way everyone thinks they are free but everyone's a slave and we are paying and the taxation that we are paying is actually 70% close to 70% or maybe even more than 70% around and that's yeah. due to taxation and inflation and like i'm yeah. the one paying tax and the uh, i'm buying goods from person x and he's paying tax and it just goes on and on yeah. can you yeah, elaborate yeah yeah it's look, look, there's a whole chapter on this in everything divided by 21 million and yeah. as you say and it's uh it's to try to explain the extent of how bad this is and the, but but the like so so an average person on the globe pays around if you include everything pays around the 70% tax and the, what what the the real tragic side of this is like imagine uh an entrepreneur that grows an apple tree and he sells apples at a profit and the business is booming he sells all the apples and uh after one year he can afford to buy another apple tree so he does and then he can produce the double amount of apples and he happens to live in a in say in in india there's a lot of people yeah. to sell apples to uh, yeah. so there's a great demand for for apples so uh so he does the same thing the, the second year and the third year he can afford two more apple trees then he has four yeah. and the year after that eight and 16 and so on so his business uh grows exponentially because right. of uh, the uh, a huge demand for his products on the market yeah now imagine he has to pay 50% tax gains tax capital gains tax hmm then he can never afford the second tree <laughs> right Yes. so 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 you 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 not only not only do you cut off uh, a a linear increase in income but you can cut off exponential increases in income and the, the sad part about that is all these people that could have had apples that don't get apples now because because the the government destroyed that the entrepreneur's business yeah Be- because that businesses are ultimately about satisfying customers and if you if you cut the profit from the business owner fewer customers will have their needs satisfied and that's the sad truth about it it never it never works like you, you can theoretically uh you know make the wage gap smaller yes but only by but, but the only way to do that is to make everyone poorer Yeah. you can never do yeah. that by making making people richer you can only do that by making people poorer yes uh because imagine if the entrepreneur and his apple trees if he can make such a big profit maybe when he has 16 apple trees and them uh he can see that there's no, not that much market demand for them anymore he can still have the profit and like buy a apple picking robot the other the next year right and make the production of the apples uh, much cheaper so yes. that he can sell them for a cheaper price and thus get even more customers and grow the business even more i mean we um, we, we yeah. invent tools and technologies to save time yes. and to 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 uh, that 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 it's and we live in a world where we have a d- despite all the all governments on the earth Uh, and their huge efforts to destroy everything fun uh we still live in a in a handicapped 
global free market. Like yes. I, 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 I think I call it a dog on three legs in the books, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. the world economy, because despite all of these efforts to to try to destroy everything, uh, the, the free market is still such a powerful force that we have now. You know the technology to I, I can sit here and talk with you in Australia, which is literally on the other side of the globe, right. without lag. Yes, <laughs> and uh, the free market did that. That that that's how 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 good a free market is. A, a free market is just people doing things voluntarily or consensually. Yep. So, uh, and of course, we that's cooperation. That's what we want more of. So. Yep. That's why why I call myself a consensualist at this point. You heard the term libertarian or anarcho-capitalist yes. or or uh, or even voluntarist, but I think the cor correct term should be consensualist because you, you okay. do things consensually uh, with consent from the other person. Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's so, how I view the world. Yes. 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 That's it. That's perfect. And. Yeah, what dies in here would be like the only scarce resource that one like an individual has is their time, and and now we have Bitcoin as well, and then exactly yeah, and then the case for Bitcoin is time, or Bitcoin is a battery. Yeah, can you yeah can you elaborate on this a bit more? Yeah, the the battery metaphor is in my first book, uh, and it pisses off. Physics, uh, physics uh, autists a lot because because it's not really a battery and the monetary <clears throat> energy is not really a form of energy, uh, mm -hmm. but but then again all all metaphors we use in Bitcoin are are wrong. Like <laughs> yeah, uh, you can go even deeper and say that every all language is a lie because you cannot the map can never be the a perfect yeah. reflection of yes. the territory. Yes. Um, uh, w which ties into another funny thought about uh, you know Bitcoin being the first thing where the the map actually defines what the territory is. So, th but that's another debate. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, the idea of Bitcoin as a battery is that uh, imagine you have a power plant and uh, it's far off from uh, any human settlement. Uh, so you can't really send the electrical power in in uh, in wires to to other people, uh, and normal batteries aren't good enough. You can't put it in your Tesla and drive to New York with it because the the batteries will in the Tesla would be drained with the yeah. once you arrived. Uh, yes. So uh, uh, so Bitcoin can in that sense function as a battery because it's uh, you, you can. You can convert the electricity to into a small part of a uh, fixed number, uh, yeah. and in that sense, it functions as a battery. Excuse me a bit. I, I yeah, sure. My kids sure, sure, attention sure. here. Yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting more coffee apparently. Oh, nice. Yeah, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll just make a note of that if I need yeah, to. Yeah, well, yeah. My wife brings me coffee. Uh, that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, yeah, you were saying uh, about the uh, yeah Bitcoin as a battery, and then yeah, and that in turn can can uh, can uh, incentivize energy producers to to look for cheaper sources of energy, 
and the the cheapest source of energy there is is a renewable of course yeah. like uh and by renewable i just don't mean like a a fictitious renewable which is <laughs> like a a a subsidized solar yes. panel or a subsidized windmill because they're not actually renewable they're they there's a story around them a political story yeah but if it the 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 economic calculation will have to work out first in order for something to actually be renewable to be worth it you know and uh, uh, bitcoin is the only thing that that does that 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 can actually incentivize people to to look for uh, uh environmentally friendly renewables and if you look at the the my you hear this false narrative of Bitcoin wasting energy all the time because yes. because people don't understand why we need proof of work and why it's so important for for it to be costly to produce money. Uh, yes, like like what we were talking about before with prices and everything, but uh, um, uh, the 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 tragic part is like Bitcoin is the most environmentally friendly industry there is because it's actually incentivizing people to uh, the uses of bitcoin to save rather than spend frivolously on bullshit yeah. and it incentivizes energy producers to l actually look for real renewables uh, and you can see that like 60% of the energy used in bitcoin mining is uh, right yeah. now is from renewables yeah. so it's the most environmentally friendly industry there is already <laughs> Yes. So, yes. so, uh, so I think it's such a huge misunderstanding of like uh, how things work. Uh, but these these people, when they're told that I don't want you to, uh, I don't want you to act, I want you to panic, and so on. I I prefer, or whatever they're being told, I prefer, uh, you know, people that that think and then act instead of panicking because i don't think you 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 make very clever decisions if you panic so yes so uh, yeah and uh, if you if you think these things through you will end up uh, understanding that bitcoin is the the tool we have for for uh, for for saving the planet quote unquote saving the planet because sure. it's actually sustainable yeah. over forever yes yes yeah and 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 bitcoin it i mean it it stores human time as well right like it stores time for a, like an individual's time in it as well so uh, yeah, my... well, it's, it's a perfect uh re representation of the scarcity of human time because it's as scarce as as your time on the on this earth uh, so can you like a little bit elaborate on that a bit more like how yes uh like since you can't make new bitcoins uh except for those that are already you know planned to come into existence uh there can never be more than 21 million and that's a perfect ref reflection of the scarcity of your time here on earth be uh, because your your time is limited you will die at some point yeah uh well, there are theories of what happens after that but like <laughs> uh the the comparison i draw in the book is like imagine you were immortal and indestructible and what that would imply right if you were immortal and indestructible you would never need to act at all yes because human beings act because of a uh 
you feel uneasy in one way or another, and you try to remove that uneasiness. So you choose to do whatever is on top of your priority list. And this happens all the time. This is what deliberate action is. It's yes. nothing more than that. You you just value something over something else. So right now I value talking to you more than I value going into the kitchen and making myself a sandwich. Yeah. So you should be proud of that. Like my value <laughs> hierarchy tells me that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but so, so this is all the human action is. And uh uh, a, a being that was immortal and indestructible could yeah. always postpone everything, everything. To, to to the day after and not ever act upon anything because why why would you need to you yes. would be alive tomorrow as well you could you could wait with everything yes uh, and so the only reason that we do things at all is because we're going to die one day otherwise we wouldn't need to like do anything yep uh yep. So, so uh like like a lump of lead doesn't need to do anything it's still right. going to be there tomorrow so it doesn't yep. do anything and like yep. <laughs> it's yes. as easy yes. as that yes. uh, uh uh and i view bitcoin as a perfect reflection of that because it's it's a it's a first of all it's an agreement between people on a fixed set of rules that that's all it is we've agreed yep. to play play this game by these rules if if we send Bitcoin back and forth to each other, or even if we have this conversation about Bitcoin, we're we're playing by a fixed set of rules that we both know. Yep. So it's just like if we were playing chess or talking about chess, mm. we would be. If I talk about chess with you, you probably know the rules of chess because you're a Bitcoiner. Bitcoiners know stuff. Yes, but, <laughs> <laughs> and we we would be pretty sure that we would we're talking about the same game, right? Right. Right. We. We would probably not be talking about a game with 64 times 64 squares instead and the same number of pieces, yep. which would be chess cash or chess Satoshi's <laughs> vision, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so that, uh, and that's the perfect analogy because no one wants to play that game because it, it's un unnecessarily yes. big and yes. has no users. We want to play with the game that is fun to play and has as many users as possible. Yep. And that, that is the original chess. And sure, someone might figure out rules that make the game even funnier to play. Yep. Good luck with that. Those those rule changes will have to be really fucking good in order to, for people to collectively agree on that this is now chess. <laughs> yep. And and, and that, that is how Bitcoin works. Like... We all need to agree that this this uh, improvement is so good. So now this is Bitcoin, and that uh, that thing we had before is not Bitcoin anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What ties in here is like the case you make for that there could there can be only one deflationary asset because yeah. the second one would just uh, in, inflate the market, right? Like something on those lines. Is, am I framing uh, that? Yeah, you can. You, if there can be a second one, there can be a third one. And then there can be a fourth one, and then you have an infinite regression. Like yeah. so, a copy of a copy of a copy doesn't make sense. The 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 entire thing. Uh, what is a one shot principle from my second book? It's like, uh, see, let's see if I remember it on top of my head. Uh, absolute mathematical scarcity in a sufficiently decentralized distributed network was a discovery rather than an invention. It cannot be achieved again by participants aware of this discovery, since the very thing discovered was resistance to replicability itself. 
yes. but I, I have yes. a shorter way of saying that now, nowadays. I try to always boil down these thoughts into the smallest unit. Yeah. And that is that the double spending problem couldn't be double solved. Yes, yes. You can you can't double solve that problem. You can only solve it once. Bitcoin is the solution to the double spending problem. Yeah. That is the solution. There there cannot be a second solution. Because if there could be a second solution, you will double spend the solution. <laughs> yes. You understand yes. what I mean? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. I think your latest book has this version where the double spend problem can only be solved once. Yes. But yeah, there's him. a huge section on that and, and how how much bigger that that discovery is than people think it is because it, it, it is that like everything every time you use any other type of money now that bitcoin exists you're using something that can be double spent so you're yes. you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem <laughs> <laughs> yes you know another another quote from your book yeah time preference mm -hmm. is on a spectrum from high to low yep. but on the sp same spectrum is fear and love Yes, uh, I like this. Uh, right now, we have uh, like in movies and comic books and so on. The the villain, the capitalist villain, is of, often depicted as a greedy hoarding bastard that only thinks of himself. And like uh, Scrooge McDuck is a yeah. uh, if you remember that. That's a, an example of that. Or Gordon Gecko, or or yep. uh, you know. Um, but that's being fiat rich. Uh, that's what happens in a fiat world because you're <laughs> uh, you're incentivized to to be uh, egoistic. Uh, but in the real world, like uh, a person that has been robbed of everything he owns. Oh, thank you. Uh, and it, all of his possessions. It's a person with the ultimate high time preference, right? Because you you have to think about how to how do I get food, how do I get shelter for the night, how do I survive? If you don't have nothing, th those are your top priorities. Yep. So you wouldn't be thinking about you know managing a hedge fund or whatever. You would you would be thinking of how do I get food? Uh, and so, so the more fearful you are, you're fearful all the time because you need to survive. Like, huh, fear governs your life. So I wouldn't say the time preference is directly connected to fear and love because the, uh, that's the point I'm coming to. Like, the more, the yeah. more, the lower your time preference, the the more you can think ahead and the more loving you can afford to be. So it's not directly yeah. connected to love, but it's connected yeah. to the, your ability to love. Yes. Like without without capital, you cannot afford to love your neighbor. <laughs> yes. Or, yes. Uh, so so Makes that's sense. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so, so that that's the vector there. I get it. So like, yeah. I mean, if your basic needs are not met, and uh, or then you'd have to be a greedy person. Like in the sense, greedy in the sense, you just you're just surviving, and you cannot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you cannot afford. You cannot to... think of others. Yes, you cannot you afford can... to think about others. Yes. No, you 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 can't th even think of your family. It's when it's like you're in a plane and the plane is crashing. They even tell you to put on put your, your own mask first and then put yes. it on your child because otherwise you both die. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, so can you in in the start of our conversation you did mention Amsterdam and like and as I said like this is going to be releasing next. In a week from now, so next weekend. 
can yep. you yeah can you like highlight like some of the things because i know daniel prince is working on the same is it am i right like yeah yeah he, the madera project yes the he, madera project madera. Yeah. and prince of siberia i guess as the, well the, the Serbia, not so, siberia so, serbia 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 uh, yes the, my bad the prince yeah. The, the Prince of Siberia is probably a cold-hearted bastard. Like. <laughs> yes, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the, but the Prince of Serbia is a very nice guy. I, yes. I, uh, I, I'm proud to call him my friend, I, I would say. And we're we're doing a lot of stuff together this, uh, this fall. Uh, I met him in Miami and in Riga. And we have conversations every now and then. And we're... Uh, uh, I'm so happy that... I mean... He's such a friendly guy. He's just like a regular pleb. Any 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 other pleb like yeah. Bitcoin sort of levels the playing field there, so it doesn't matter. Then of course it's he has a lot of history in his family and it's very interesting and stuff. But he mm. he works for Samson Mao now with Jan Three, yes. so he's uh, a head of communications there, I believe. And uh, but but he's going to the same conferences as I am this uh, this fall. And uh, the first one is Amsterdam now next week. And after that, I'm going to Bulgaria to a, a conference there. Nice. And then, then to Prague, wow. uh, Czech Republic, to a conference there uh, it, um, for free private cities or free cities. The free liberty cities in a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And after that, I'm going to back to Madeira, and I'm bringing my family to Madeira that time. So we're we're going nice. to scan the grounds there a bit, and um, because it's it's very likely that we'll move there. Uh, oh, awesome. sooner rather than later like we already made one move big move to to spain from sweden so like <laughs> might as well uh, might move as again well. yeah, yeah. And, um, and you're a sailor anyway so you'd love the island uh, yeah and um, <laughs> i'm used to being thrown around all yeah. over the place so like and it's it's very uh, satisfying now to be doing all this traveling via yeah. my new job instead of uh, my old job because like i'm meeting such a, a different segment of people than than i used to being a sailor you don't meet very many technical people yeah <laughs> or yeah. or philosophers for that matter <laughs> yeah right yeah so uh given that like you've got to move with your family and kids do you homeschool your kids or do you well oh, it's, they're, they're, it's i would call it a mix i mean they're um when we were in Sweden, they were in public school. Uh, but when COVID hit, uh, I took them out of school because I didn't want them there. So, so the the, the government was all pissed after a while, and that uh, why why did you remove you? Yeah, because, but you're telling everyone to stay home except the kids, and uh, like, <laughs> but I saw it as a a, a double chance at like removing them from the brainwashing machine, and yeah, and at the same time not getting the the um, uh, not getting the virus and everything so so like we tried to have them home as, as much as pos possible and homeschool as much as possible uh my wife is a teacher okay yep so uh, yeah and uh, i mean they they don't have any trouble in school really with, with yeah. like mat maths and, and english and so on so yes uh but now in in spain they've been in uh, a private scandinavian school last year and now we moved our daughter to a, a public spanish school okay where she's forced to learn Spanish and <laughs> also at, at the same time forced to learn better English because that like there's no other way to communicate. And I, I believe that, you know, 
being exposed to such a situation is very like that that's the best way of learning a new language when you have to learn it so so uh so that's the the thought behind that and you know uh, seeing another system i uh, yes. so so we don't homeschool per se like uh, now i mean we're taking them to madeira here in a month or so and i guess the schools yeah. won't be too happy about that but like try to stop us yes. <laughs> yeah. so and there's a, there's a lot of thought about starting our own school in Madeira. We're actually wow. yep. there's a group of people actually looking into that and uh, looking yes. into what you, what you need in order to start a private school. And uh, yeah, that would be a a school for what we're envisioning is just a uh, some house on a hillside somewhere with a huge garden and a couple of laptops, which the kids can use whenever they want, or they can be out in the garden and play whenever they want. Right. And all, all the classes are voluntary and we'll teach math and praxeology and languages, basically. Yeah. And Sounds... programming, maybe. And uh, yes. <laughs> physics and, you know, philosophy. Yeah. There yep. will be no gender studies. There will be no... Uh, <laughs> environmentalism in in uh, in, <laughs> yes. the, in the current uh, <laughs> explanation of the word uh yeah. no political indoctrination just yes just a sweet time for the kids because i i think that's that's how it's all, how it ought to be uh let their own curiosity drive them forward yeah. yes yeah i mean princey does it makes a lovely case like you know like uh one thing is that Okay, say like a, a student is really getting into the science class and then half an hour into the class, like the bell rings and now it's language class and like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's weird that it's uh, like the education system was invented in the middle of like the 20th century. So it's only like 150 to 200 years old, something like that. Wow. Yeah, okay. Uh, but we, uh, it's like... <laughs> an institution that <laughs> since everyone grows up in it we all take it for granted and that this is the way to do things and very few people are questioning the legitimacy of schools i mean but when you really think about it, it's just a, an institution that gets a license to kidnap your kids for this and that many hours oh, per day for 12 fucking years it's it's yeah. pretty hor pretty horrible when you think about it like that yeah, uh, especially considering that you can't choose, you can't choose your classmates, and your yes. parents can't choose your classmates either. Well, they can if they're extremely rich and they can be, and they're able to afford some fancy boarding school somewhere. Yeah, but that's yeah. the only chance you have. Like otherwise, you'll you'll have to do with whatever whatever other kids there are around. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think kids should interact with one another and that we should talk to us, be able to talk to as many people as possible, but on their own terms, like it should be voluntary. That's, that's like yes. the first and foremost thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's been a video circulating on Twitter. It's a, it's a kindergarten school and the teacher or, or whoever's in charge, I think it's a, it's a teacher or whoever's in charge of the kids. She's wearing a... A scary mask and she's scaring the shit out of the kids oh disgusting good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay yeah and what where is that and why was she scaring the kids i think for her own joy 
I get, I'm, it looks like, okay. Like, yeah. And, okay. yeah. And they're really tiny kids, really young kids. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, you find psychopaths everywhere every now and then, but yeah. most people aren't that. And like, I think that's the thing with schools as well. That like, like the most people are just normies. <laughs> yes. And, yes. Uh, and uh, they have friendly intent, good intentions. It's it's just that there's when there's an overall like systemic problem, it can be hard for people to see that for what it is, uh, and I think that's very much the case for uh, public schooling. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but I mean, you can be lucky. I know that Hodlunot, for instance, uh, the famous mm-hmm. space cat, he yes. he used to work as a teacher, right? Uh, like like ten years ago. Oh wow! Yeah. And he and he taught all the kids how to how to be private on the internet and how to use Bitcoin and stuff. Oh, nice. 10 years yeah. ago. So like, wow. and, yeah. and that's just fucking awesome. I mean, how lucky can you be as a kid to, yes. to get that instead of some, someone parroting? Gender studies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you can be lucky in the, in yeah. the public system as For well. Sure. I mean, I mean, I remember the teachers I remember from my childhood are those teachers that were really good. I mean, yeah. I yeah. must've had like 200 th- different teachers during the years or something. But mm-hmm. I remember like three or four of them maximum, yeah. And it's the re- it's the really good ones you remember. But of For course, sure. I think there are teachers that are very good and are very passionate about teaching kids stuff. So yeah. that's one I find it so sad when when I see my my wife used to work as a teacher for a Swedish public school, and you, they they spend so much time, you know, uh, correcting. Um, Paper, tests yeah. and yes. and uh, homework and so and evaluating the kids and I think that's completely wrong because like the institution that taught the kid how could they evaluate the kid that of course an outside organization would have to evaluate the kid like yes. can, of, <laughs> because the incentives are so skewed yeah. even there like the teacher knows the kid uh, the teacher has a favorite kid somewhere in the class and like will give the good grades to whomever the teacher li- happens to like. And yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. very unmeritocratic. And uh, unfortunately, it's becoming more and more unmeritocratic. And I think like teachers' main job should be to teach, yes, not to evaluate. Uh, so, so I think there's a big problem there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I another question just came up from the from the indian crew is what's the timeline you see for hyper bitcoin uh bitcoinization like a hyper bitcoinized world well that's the million that question isn't it because yes. we, no one knows how how quickly or how how slowly this will play out like um bitcoin could take 400 years we don't hyper bitcoinization first and foremost like define hyperbitcoinization what's yeah uh, i don't the thing is i don't see an end point to it it's... because you you always have something to trade away that is not your bitcoin that that you'd yeah. rather trade away before you trade your bitcoin stack and when I, when i follow that thought path even further i i come to the conclusion that us being nice to each other is just gresham's law playing out on Bitcoin, uh, on a bitcoin standard <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because we'd sure. we'd we'd rather we'd rather uh, give each other the 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 shitcoin that is our reputational capital than spend our stacks. 
So, so yes. Bitcoiners are incentivized to be friendly to one another and just barter information and barter, you know, services with one another. I mean, I've I've known this from experience. I've gotten so much help from other Bitcoiners, you know, with For cover sure. design and editing and animation and narration and whatever. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, and and we never exchange a single Satoshi. No one ever gives, no one ever uses Bitcoin in that sense. We we use it like we meta use it by, by talking about it and, and like spreading yeah. the message and making number go up. Because Bitcoiners want other Bitcoiners to succeed because yes. they want Bitcoin to, to succeed. succeed. Yes, 100%. and and this doesn't go away. The same will be mm. true post hyper Bitcoinization. Why should we stop being nice and awesome to one another? Yeah, like we're we're, we're incentivized to it. So we're finding. So this is what I find so in, so enormously fascinating. Like by running this mathematical experiment in the back of our heads that allows us to agree on a fixed set of rules. We unlock something within ourselves, and we can afford to to be nicer to one another. Yes. So, so it's just a, like a Bitcoin private key is a key to your heart. It's a little little key to your heart, so you can wear it on your sleeve in public. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It the, makes it, so the, much the, sense. The yes, the the slide I used in the talk in Riga was like, the Beatles were right. All we needed was love. They just hadn't found the mathematical equation for it yet. Yes. But now we have. So the. <laughs> So all we need is yeah. love, like, right, and right. Bitcoin is love. Yeah, and I think like this sort of answers my next question is like, what would the yeah. uh, what would the world look like on a hard money standard? And it's like, yeah, I think yeah, this yeah, that's th this is the answer. Yes, hundred percent. We get to, we get to a place where we don't have to use money as often hmm. because, ironically, the don't trust verify attitude in Bitcoin enables us to trust one another more because it's harder to cheat the system yeah which means that you can trust people more if if people are on a bitcoin standard you can trust them more because you know that they can't cheat, cheat the system yeah you follow yeah so, yes. so 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 we get to a place where we won't the necessity for monetary transactions will go down and the the division of labor will happen more automatically so you go into the coffee shop and instead of shooting your barista a couple of sats, he gives you the coffee because he's sure that you will do him a favor the other day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and it's like if 10 rich people go to a restaurant every day for 10 days in a row, uh, the thing that will probably happen is that someone will pick up the bill uh, yes. if they're friendly people. Yeah. So on a Bitcoin, on a Bitcoin standard, as talked about before, more friendly traits will get richer over time because you cannot get rich by any other means than providing something of value to your fellow man. You cannot cheat. Yeah. So yep. so nice people will be rich people and nice people will pick up the bill. So so there's 10 transactions there uh, for the 10 days they go to the restaurant. If 10 poor people go to the restaurant or 10 egoistic people go to the restaurant, 10 fiat people, they will split the bill every night. Or maybe not even that, but pay for exactly what they had and not what the other guy like. They won't even yes. split the bill; they get separate bills. Separate bills. And yeah. they and they do that for ten days. That's a hundred transactions. So that's what I believe would will happen on on a Bitcoin standard. People will be incentivized to be friendlier to one another. Mm. Friendlier people will be richer. Everyone will be richer because the number go up. So yes. fewer monetary transactions are needed. So we right. get into this 
we get into this uh, futuristic. If you if you've seen the Sidegeist movies and the Venus Project, yes, uh, that stuff. Uh, the 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 missing piece of the puzzle there before like everything's crap and but the future could be nice if we were all just nice to one another is how do we get everyone to become nicer to one another and that's Bitcoin that's the missing piece that is yes. needed in order to get to that sort of future where uh, I, my grandfather had a quote which is which I find I think is great it's called uh, no, the quote is that which you can do without your own right uh, and th this is a very yes. uh, like i, I <laughs> this is uh, I'm, I'm thinking of indian gurus in my head yes. when, when <laughs> i hear this because this is yeah this is sort of a guru mindset i guess yes 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 if, if you, gotta... you can rid, rid yourself of material cravings you can be richer because like if you can do without the fucking Lambo, you all <laughs> own all the Lambos in the world because you don't need them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, and and I, I believe that that's what Bitcoin is doing to our psyches. It's it's making us realize that saving is better yeah. than spending again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're making us realize that we don't have to crave the Lambo. Yes. Shit, shit coiners want the Lambo. We don't want the Lambo. We want we want the philosophical insight to rid ourselves of Lambo, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, need need for Lambo, need need for Lambos. Uh, so, so that's the thing. Uh, that's why I think the users are Bitcoin's killer app. That, that, that this is yes. the thing it does. It changes us so completely so we realize that like what success means to a bitcoiner is completely different from what success means to a fiat person like a, a bitcoiner doesn't necessarily want to live in a big ass mansion and have 10 10 cars a bitcoiner just wants his time yes <laughs> and being yes. able what to, to do whatever he wants every day and 100%. no without uh the need for uh material cravings and uh, yeah i think yeah. this is the most under appreciated aspect of this for sure yeah one question that i was not like i'm not able to answer and this like coming from a friend is like in a bitcoin world how do how would loans work like if someone wants to purchase a house and yeah. like now in the fiat world we go to the bank get a loan and like and then the yeah in the bitcoin world yeah. how would that work well, first and foremost, we we would like to come back to a world where you will actually have to save up money in order to buy the house. So you, you like the only reason that we have to take loans in order to buy houses our parents built for us is that someone stole them from us or from yes. our parents via inflation. Yeah, that, that's why house prices go up. Houses houses are consumer goods. They are they are not capital goods. They ought to go down in prices over time. So, right. so on a Bitcoin standard, you are, you will sooner or later be you will be able to afford the house because housing is a shit coin compared to bitcoins. Uh, but having said that, uh, you know, loans wouldn't disappear on a Bitcoin standard. Of course, you can lend people money. It's just that they would become a lot more uh, expensive. So right. interest rates would would go back to to their natural like levels what yeah because we have artificially low interest rates now so the way to win the fiat game is to take on a lot of loans and buy a lot of assets yes uh, and if, if i look back at it even my house in, in sweden i made more money living in my house than i made uh from the salary i made as a 
uh, as a uh, as an HR manager. Yeah. So yeah. so 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 my job paid me more than my uh, my house paid me more than my job. Yeah. Which is fucking ridiculous because how do you incentivize people to work at all if not even a manager salary can be can beat you know uh, yeah. taking on a yeah, loan and no. buying a house. Right. So 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 interest rates are artificially low, and we need to fix that. And well, how much interest? Like, think of your own Bitcoin stack. If you were to lend out a portion of that to me, how much interest would you have to charge me in order for that to happen? <clears throat> I'm I'm sure it would be a lot more than than what interest rates are now. It would be more like fifteen twenty percent, maybe. For sure, yeah. It it have yeah. to beat the it would have to beat the overall tendency of bit. I mean, like the bitcoins uh, price going up. So it have to beat that. Like if it's yeah, but it's more than that because like not your keys, not your coins, right? But once you yes. give them away, you can't just have them Taking back. On the you risk. have to have a guarantee. Like you have to have mm. a big. So yeah. So so yeah. Uh, the risk factor. Yes, lo yes. Loans would still exist, but they would be a lot more expensive, which is the way it should be. But then then you know, capital is the biggest thing, and loans yeah. are just a small portion of. Which is how how I think the world should what the world should be. Should be. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So. So yeah, in the Bitcoin world, like I mean, yeah, loans, and as you said, like capital would be the bigger piece, and like loans and debt would be like the smaller. Yeah, peace and like on like on a on a global scale. Yeah, because now yeah. it's the other way around. Like uh, th there are ten times more loans than <laughs> there are capital in the world. Like every single uh, bill in your in your wallet is uh, is, is owed by someone from someone to someone. Yeah, it's all loans. It's all credit. It's it's not money. It's credit. It's credit. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. Uh. Yes, Kanath, it was lovely speaking to you. I won't take any more of your time. Do you have like any closing thoughts and where can people find you? Uh, all you need is love. <laughs> Those are my closing thoughts. <laughs> yes. So yeah. so study the equation for it. <laughs> yes, yes. And, yeah. and you know, the, the answer to, to Satoshi's equation, you know, with a sum sign and the yeah. halvings and the, 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 the other side of the equals sign there is is this it's everything divided by 21 million that's that's the solution to that formula yes so yeah that's how that's how this thing works people <laughs> and yeah i mean i'll put your like your all the links related to your work in the show notes and so people can find all of that there as well yeah the, the main links are knutsvanum.com which is my web page uh and you reach everything else from there and the other one is uh, my Twitter handle at Knutsvonum. That's that's yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, sorry. Before I let you go, one thing that I didn't, I for completely forgot to touch on is this brilliant piece that I mean, it's part of the book, but and now it's become a meme. And like I, I even asked you, like, why is so long that this one is not highlighted? Element zero. Oh yes, uh, element zero. We just made a video. So it premiered yes. like two days ago. Uh, so go watch that on YouTube. Uh, Element Zero is um, an idea that originated from a guy called Jörg Hemsdorf that had a brilliant talk at the Value of Bitcoin conference in, in uh, um, 2020, an online okay. conference. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that that talk didn't really catch on. I, I mean, Jörg is a, a, a very nice guy, but he's, he's very like a German uh, engineer type 
so so he he speaks yeah. in a very mellow voice and and uh i saw that and i i thought to myself and i couldn't get it out of my head because i thought the idea was so brilliant so i thought i have to do this i i have to like try to popularize this somehow and i see if i can rewrite it and make it more into a story and make it more you know accessible to people because yeah. it, his talk is brilliant but it's pretty advanced right uh, but so i had to, had to make it communicate the idea somehow so so i wrote it as a chapter of the book and now it's become a brilliant video from like it's uh, it's our comeback yes. video i started collaborating with yoni appleberg again he's been yeah. busy writing a book by the way oh uh, yeah. so, so he's got a book of his own coming out and so guys one narrates it and uh, yoni made this beautiful little video and i'm very proud of it because i th i think it turned out really nice uh the yeah. and the I won't tell you what the idea is. You'll have to go and watch it. Uh, the the idea is that Bitcoin uh, is a new element on the periodic table and how uh, an element without mass, which yes. which is weird in itself. But that's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit too hard to explain. For sure. Uh, that, that that would take another half hour, I think. So yes, yeah. yes. watch and the 20, 20 oh, minute video. Oh, yes, everyone watch the video. Yeah, it's a brilliant video. I'll have it in the show notes and I'll yeah have it highlighted in special bold so you know like you're gonna find yeah. that easily. Yes. Glad you appreciated that. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Kanut. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, all I ask is that you share it with one other person. And I also recommend that you use Podcasting 2.0 apps like Breeze or Fountain FM. I'll link them down below. This will help you earn Bitcoin while you listen and it will also help support the show. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.